yeah, what what would be the worst possible thing to do? That's up there. That is like a hundred percent. It has to be in the top five. That's gonna be our next best and shock top five. Worst possible thing to do to somebody in the service industry. <laughs> or those fucking cunts who put it like in a glass of water upside down, like with ketchup all around it. Yeah. Like, fuck, fuck those people too. That has to be a fucking top ten, or that has to be in top five worst things you could possibly do. Like stealing somebody's tip, doing something fucky with it, or like how people. I don't know if people still do this. But, like, I feel like that was a trope that when people go to weddings and they give away money, they, like, tie it in a fucking knot and then soak it oh, in water. I for sure do that. You know, you uh, get it wet first, then tie it. You can tie it tighter. Sure. And then it hardens, and then I dip it. That is, like, the worst possible thing. See, that's just a fun tradition. Like, that's, like, we had to, like, the day after our wedding, we sat and untied things. How is that even, like, but, but like, if I get I a knot know. in, like, I, I my no dog's issues with that because it's funny. Yeah, but if I get, like, even, like, a knot in something that's, like, doesn't matter. Like, if I if there's ever a knot in Bud's leash, I'm just like, nope, fuck it. It'll stay there until I throw that leash away. Because it's just like, I cannot be bothered. So, <laughs> if I would that would ever happen, first, I would have to find somebody that would marry me. So, like, never going to happen. But then, like, I would get that money. I'd be like, mm, under $20, it's not worth it. Just I'd throw that money away. Oh, see, that's no good. We had someone do it with 100 I know who it was. Oh, see, I would do that. I would un- I would make an effort to untie that. And I always give like 20 bucks because what it's for is the, the bridal dance. Sure. And that's like strictly like a like a Western PA thing. Is it? Yeah, they don't do that everywhere. I guess I've never really been to weddings that weren't like Pennsylvania weddings. Yeah, that's not something that is everywhere. Huh. I guess Pennsylvania does have a bunch of fucking dumb traditions. Yeah. All the fucking like, Polacks. Like, yeah, it is. It's the Polish people, for it's sure. It's all the Polish people. Like, at the end, you're supposed to, like, the the groom has to, like, get to his bride. Like, that's not something they do everywhere. I just assume this is all just, like, normal wedding shit. It is, in Western PA. Wow. I wonder what the fucking origins of these. Listeners, if you're from Poland... Well, no, that one's pretty simple. You're, like, the groom is fighting... To get his his bride. I just wonder what like the to the backstory behind. Oh, like, what's the brother's grim tale behind all of these fucking dumb traditions that we have in Pennsylvania weddings? See, those are fun. Though. Yeah, I just don't get it. I don't understand where they came from, but I like doing it. I don't give a fuck. That's fair. I just I just like understanding. Also, moot point. What I what if you just don't get married? Well, then you don't have to deal with it. Exactly. Why get married when you can just live in a basement with a with your dog? And drink beer and record podcasts. I feel bad for you, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Living the life. You're fucking loser. What is up, you Spice Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I'm your host, the guy handing out flyers for the Church of Thalia, Tyler. And joining me is my co-host, the Gordon Ramsay of magic, Matt. Matt, what is going on, dude? Nothing, my dude. Just hanging out, you know. Chef Matt. I'm really leaning into that nickname. I, I gathered that from the intro. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna have food themed intros for from here until this ends. So Til like in three forever. Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what's Chef up? Matt, how was your week? Uh, my week isn't bad. Just working. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, same. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> if I'm working, you mean fucking playing with yourself and taking your dog on a walk? Then sure. Hey, it's a tough job, man. Somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to fucking do it. Somebody's got to do it. No, dude. I, this whole entire week, I spent countless hours, a lot of man hours, a lot of, lot of time, a lot of effort into scrolling through Twitter and engaging with our lovely fans who answered our Twitter question. Yeah, we got some. Hell yeah. We got, got some answers. Yes, we totally did. Which, well, our question of the week, I guess, we could talk about that, was 
uh, in regards to the top five that we did last week, which was our brand new segment. We're just going to start coming out with new seg- segments every week. And by the end of it, we're just not even going to have like time to talk about normal magic shit. We're just going to be doing segment after segment. After. It's going to be who's lining this in anyway. I'll pass. <laughs> but this week was uh, talking about our top five and what other people thought were the, the best creatures in magic. And I love that some people's best creatures are just like cards. One one death like, toucher. This is amazing. I love this so much. Like one one death touch for the win. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You literally cannot beat a one one death touch in like Theros Limited. You can't do it. You could get a flyer, I guess, but like that's a lot. It is amazing it. how it just intimidating a one one with death touch. It's not intimidating. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's just like how the fuck am I gonna attack through this in like the next five turns? Like, you just have to bite the bullet and just attack with, like, your turn two play, which is just such a feel-bad moment. It really is. Well, your one-drop pretty much trades for whatever. Yeah, it just trades up. Pretty much constantly, yeah. Or, like, somebody uses a removal spell on it, and you're just like, okay. Thank you. you. It's, like, just literally nothing but upside, just jamming a 1-1 death touch for one green on turn one. Yeah, but turn, like, 12, it's shit. Oh, yeah, it's not great. Because then they're like, yeah, sure, I'll trade this other shitty thing for it but i mean but there are times that like you just like top deck that and you just play it and it's just like your opponent's like oh great now i just like can't attack with my best creature anymore true it does make things a little little tricky it is slightly better than drawing land depends or it could just be like significantly better than drawing land if it's like turn 15 but yeah it's all, it's all dependent i guess but like also this was a this was one of the responses from uh Giannata audasso it was actually our uh winner for the uh the popper deck that we gave away. Oh, with the 1-1 one, one Death Toucher. Yeah, which is friggin so sick. It, friggin' Italians and their 1-1 one, one Death Toucher. Listen, Ita- Italy full of 1-1 one, one Death Touching Scorpion. Itali- it would have been better if you did a fucking stallion. Some horse, magic horse. <laughs> just some Italian style. It's just like, just Andrea Mangucci's face superimposed on top of the uh, the Siege Scorpion from Theros. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. That is so good. I would play that in every deck. Yeah, hundred percent. That's good. I'm just gonna start playing jamming this and popper decks and just getting somebody to alter it. And by getting somebody, I mean myself. And I'm just gonna glue Andre Mangucci's face on this guy. Just a real rough, like it's like four inches thick. I love it. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, we also had another one, Matt Hulk. There's a. It was a reoccurring trend in green creatures. Elusive Crisis. Matt, do you know what Elusive Crisis does? I do not. And I even saw the tweet. I love it, dude. It is a 04 for one green blue. It is unblockable. It has evolved. Evolve was such a sick mechanic. It was pretty decent. Yeah, when something enters with greater power and toughness than the thing, power or toughness, just put it Some of the evolved creatures were really fucking good, too. Like that 1 1 flyer. Oh, yeah, the 1 1 flyer that was an 01 that had evolved. The the, the 01 flyer, yeah. Yeah. And then um, experiment one. That card was sick. It was just a 1-1 one, one for one green, and then you could regenerate it by taking off counters. That card still sees play here and there. Yeah, that card's sick. You know what? I'm surprised that that card has not seen play in Pioneer with, like, the uh, like Hardened Scales deck. Pretty sure it was in that deck, wasn't it? It hasn't been in a while. I mean, maybe it's just, like, oh, that, well, that deck is moving towards, like, Heliod anymore, and yeah. stuff. Like, Heliod shenanigans, and it's just, like, that just doesn't cut it. Yeah, true. That could be it. But I, I just love seeing what people think is like the, the best card to them. That is such a cool thing. It is because everyone's opinion differs wildly. 
Oh my god, yeah. Every single Magic player has a, has a different version of like the best card. 100%. Yeah. Just so sick. But everybody's wrong because it's obviously Snapcast. I think you, you misspelled Deathrite Shaw, but that's okay. You misspelled it. <laughs> You're right. Deathrite Shaman. No, Deathrite Shaman. I, I, I will go back and say Deathrite Shaman should have been in my top five. A hundred percent so, without a doubt. It should be in place of the Lana War Elves. I was just using that as just like... It should be know. one or two. No. I don't think it's that high. Just wrong. Just because it's been banned out of existence. I'm not arguing again on this. Also, I fucking hate Deathrite Shaman. I just want to forget it instead. You never will. Oh, I 100% will because it's it's not being played in any format ever. Vintage. It still sees a good amount of play. I'm talking about real formats, Matt. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Oh, I love that. I even saw you. I saw like a tweet that you commented on earlier this week. Yeah. And it was just like, you just trying to throw Deathrite Shaman into somebody else's deck list. And I'm like, here he goes. He's on the fucking horse now. I love it. Yeah, it's like a a Saltai inverter or something. Yeah, and you're just like, have you considered Deathrite Shaman in this deck? Well, I mean, that's the deck it would probably go into, if we're being very honest. It helps manage your graveyard. It takes advantage of, like, the grizzly salvages and the fucking green idiot who dumps cards into your graveyard. If it were going to be in a deck, that would probably be. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be, unfortunately. Sorry, Death Rage. Just not good enough to make the cut. Better recognize. It's just, like, not scavenging is. Well, obviously it's not going to be scavenging news because it's Death Rage Challenge. <laughs> You should have phrased that as scavenging news will never be Deathrite Shaman. Well, scavenging news make, made the deck list and Deathrite Shaman did not. So who's winning that? Seems like, a, seems like an oozy boy. I think it's just a matter of time before it starts seeing play in Pioneer. Yeah, until they reprint Fetchlands into the format. No, there's technically a Fetchland in the format. I bought some of those, by the way. Did I tell Fail you passages? Yeah, I got them. You got them for like a like, dumb good price, didn't you? Yeah, like 45 for the set. Oh, the MTG Finance Podcast, talking about getting Fable Passages on eBay. Well, what I do is I'll, like, throw a bid on something. Yeah, you said you didn't remember winning the bid until you got the notification that you won it. Yeah, like, I had the high bid on it, obviously. And then I forgot about it for two days. Yeah, and I was like, oh, right. I forgot about that. Nice. (laughs) Love that. Because I'll do that to stuff that I know is going to go higher than that. But in the off chance it doesn't, I'm willing to spend two-thirds of the actual price on it. Yeah, because like most of the time you forget about it and then somebody outbids you. And then yeah, and it's like, whatever, I'm not. It's like no harm, no foul because you forgot about it. But then other times you forget about it and then you get the notification that you got that you won them for like literally nothing. And you're like, oh, neat. Very cool. Yeah, and I needed them anyway. So it's like, well, what the fuck ever. It's, a, and it's not like off it my back. No, under 50 bucks for, for a card that I'll play. It's yeah. going to be seen play in a, in a format for a very, very long time. Like as for... Pretty much the entirety of the format, I'm assuming. I think so. It's only it's like the only fetch land really yeah. there is for that card's the time really being, at least. Never going to go down them, unless mm-hmm. they reprint. It's just going to become the new fetch land. It's the most fair fetch land. Well, what do you think? Do you what like how long will it be until they give us the uh, fabled passage secret layer? Probably about after two days after this episode. Yeah, that sounds about right because that just seems like what they do. Because last week we just I, we spent I'd say a solid ten minutes just shitting on secret layers and being like listen we fucking had enough and, and then they came wizards, out with your literal favorite card ever yeah wizards heard that because wizards we know you're listening they just said oh well tyler was just making fun of these fucking secret layers let's make him look like an asshole and release literally the fucking secret layer tyler addiction <laughs> they just gave me four fucking gorgeous thalias i love it they're all really good uh which one's your favorite oh see I wish I could pick a favorite, 
It is so fucking hard. The Vulcan Baga one, or not Vulcan Baga, uh, the uh, Johannes Voss. His Thalias are really, really good. Which, see, I like one from each a lot. I like the one that there's the tower in the background with light blasting out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Thalia is looking down at you. And then the one with... Uh, That's the Miguel. Yeah, and then the one from the other person. Johannes Voss. Yeah, the one with the uh, spirit in the background, the... The guy Thalia. Yeah. yeah, the Geist of Thetan Traps Thalia is my favorite one from uh, Johannes. And then the one where fucking Thalia's like digging the spear into like the Eldrazi. Um, that one is just flawless. Those arts are so freaking good. And like the rendered version of it where her eyes are like fucking like just bright white are just out of this fucking world. Like seeing that art blown up, that is such a great digital. Which, I mean, that's the one thing about these is just like, these are all digital arts. They're all pretty fucking cool, too. But they're great art. Yeah, they're all really decent. I'm just a sucker for Thalia. And, like, just knowing that there would be, like, a Thalia painting printing. out there in the wild. Oh, painting. Yeah, painting. I thought you were going to go with printing. No, like, a physical, like, one-of-one one painting for Thalia. One of them out there in the wild is just, like, such a awesome concept to me. So I'm like, oh, maybe one day, if I ever win the fucking lottery or something, I could just buy that shit. Because that would be so sick to own. Well, aren't these digitals? So they're not actually like a painting painting? Yeah, they're not physical. And that's what I'm saying. They're, they're not, there's no physical painting of that. Yeah, just go ahead and so you can buy, buy a digital print. Yeah. Like, Johannes, uh, like a couple years ago, I think 2017 were what, when I bought the prints, uh, they, they had a, just like a, a Kickstarter campaign where you could just buy like some of the prints that they had online and, I like immediately jumped on that Kickstarter and snapped up as many or as I think at that point you could buy like different tiers or packages or whatever. Um, and I 1000% snapped up like four of them because I just like loved all of the digital arts. Like that's one of one of the better digital artists in magic, in my opinion. Yeah, you know a lot about more about that than I do. Yeah, um, I mean, some of the other uh, like notable arts that they've done. Uh, Blood artist. If you're familiar with that. I am. The black one where lose a life, gain a life, mm -hmm. when something dies. The promo Stoneforge Mystic. Um, okay. The... I had to think about the art for a minute, but I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say it is... I can't... I believe the card is uh, Wings of Escopa, I believe. But it's the... Uh, it's from the Return of Ravnica block. It's the lady, like, standing on the edge of, like, a building... And they, it's like a view from above and they have wings that are made of like stained glass. The art is just insane. What's this card called? I think it's Wings of Viscopa. It better be because I'm going to look it up. Yeah, you'll have to get back to me. So yeah, uh, they came out with a new secret layer with Thalia and you instantly ate your fucking words. Well, I mean, if there was one thing that they could do to make me get back on the secret layer train, <laughs> it was it's... print literally my favorite card. Yeah, it's that. I mean, I'm not going to say that these are, like, not beautiful, because they're obviously beautiful. But, okay. Uh, now that you printed Thalia ones, we're done. They are forgiven, yeah. <laughs> oh, now they're just done. Gift of Orzaba. Sorry, that's what the card is, is called. Gift of what? Orzaba. So it's Orzaba with an A. Let us see. Oh, yeah, that one's cool. Oh, my goodness. I have, a I have a print of that, and it is fucking marvelous. It looks so good. Um, I Other ones... uh. You might know uh, Phyrexian Metamorph. It's dope. Uh, Shieldred, Restoration Angel. Shieldred's the black thing that returns shit, right? 
Yep, the Black Praetor. Yeah, Praetor, that's the word. I couldn't think of that. Yep, and then for more recent cards um, that people have just started playing in the past couple years would recognize, uh, the big one that was like a knockout was um, On Sarah's Wings, the uncommon enchantment from Dominaria with like the stained glass wings on the back. It's the enchantment for four mana that makes the creature legendary, gives it a plus on plus on flying vigilance and lifelink. Yeah. That, that art is just unreal. I think my current favorite art, I don't know how the fuck we got sucked into an art. Uh, it was the folly arts, bud. Yeah, whatever. <clears throat> is my current favorite, I think, is Everdream from Modern Horizons. Oh, yeah. That art's so good. That's, uh, it's not Rebecca Gwai. It's not Seb. Nile something. Niles oh, it's, uh, it's, it's like Niles Hammond. Uh, he's the guy who also did, like, Baleful Strikes and stuff. Did not know that. It's yeah, super Niles fucking Hammond. dope. Yeah, so good. Welcome to the Factory Chalk Art Podcast. Well, we do this every now and again where we just fucking get into it. Yeah, where something comes something comes around and I'm just like, I have to nerd out on the fucking art of the card. It's not the heart of the cards, boys. It's the art of the cards. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but I uh, back to the uh, secret layers. Uh, we have discovered the secret layer that I am actually going to purchase. Are, you, even the, are they foil? They're foil, aren't they? Yeah, they're foil. Unfortunately. You're still buying them. Dude. Oof. They're Thalia. Like, it feels Fair. bad, and I'm not going to play them because, like, I can't whiteboard them, so it really takes away the thing. You're just going to throw them in a binder and let them, let them hang out? Well, I'm probably just going to, like, not open the box. Oh, let's just let them hang out. Yeah. Like, I'm probably just going to own it and be like, okay, I have this Thalia secret layer that I'm just, like, really into. And the cool thing is, I believe uh, that this ties into a thing that they're doing with Magic Arena as well, where for, uh, like, the historic format they're going to throw in a bunch of old cards onto magic arena that are just going to be legal for historic so what's the point of that um just to uh, make the format kind of sweet like so thali is going to be one of them uh they're throwing in ghost quarter they're throwing in the cycle lands like forgotten cave uh and baron Moore. they're doing like brain maggot bajuka bog they're throwing in pack rats just for the fuck of it i just to spice up the format they're putting in 25 cards. And if you want to look at the cards, uh, the announcement is available on the Wizards website. It's with the announcement of the uh, the Thalia secret lair. See, that seems silly, to me, but whatever. I mean, if you're into historic, like you want to be able to keep this the format. No fresh, one is in fucking historic. I think they do need to make changes to the format, like be make it be able to play more than just like on like one day of the week. Uh, oh, that's but, right. It's only like Wednesdays or something, isn't yep. it? But there are... Uh, like, there are these ways to also spice up the format where you can just, like, I can now play with, like, Knight of the Reliquary and Thalia in Historic. That is super sweet. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Like, I'm so on board with that. And if they somehow make Historic something that I would want to play in paper, like, this helps a lot. If they make it so I can actually play it on Magic Arena, this definitely gets me in the door. Yeah, to just be able to play some of those things that you love. Yeah, some of the cards that, like, I have, like, I've always been playing Magic since the birth of Historic. I have cards that I really love since prior to the birth of Historic. I would love to play those cards. In well, what is Historic? What's the... Historic is, like, the Magic Arena legal sets. Okay, that's what I thought. Yes. And so now they're just injecting new cards into that card pool. They'll do it into that, but not fucking Pioneer. Yes. Um, I, th I think logistically it's a little bit easier to do it onto Arena. It's just ones and zeros. Yeah, and, like, you could spend wild cards to get these cards, even though it's, like, two wild cards for one card and for Historic, which kind of sucks. But, like, you can do that. That's something that's available to you. 
where like I think we've had this conversation before. It's hard to just inject cards into Pioneer. Yeah, because of because there prices. is a hard cap on like how many of those those cards exist. Yeah, I get it. I just like being a <laughs> fair point. For being very honest, that's the that's what it boils down to. And yeah, I mean, on, if honestly, if people are listening to this, they know that that's your your mo. It's just being a fucking prick. So I like to play devil's advocate from time to time. Yeah, devil's advocate is something that you do. Except for, like, also you are just, like, the devil in most of those things. Like, you're not even just advocating, you're just the guy. Just fucking around with it. <laughs> just, ex- you're just exactly the guy. I love it. But that was some exciting news from uh, the the Magic the Gathering this week. God, do And now I'm back on board with the Secret Layers. Bring, just keep them coming. As long as you're going to keep giving me the uh, the white card Secret Layers. Like, if they just do an entire series of, since Wizards is listening and they're obviously big fans. If they just do, like, the Tyler's favorite card Secret Layers. And they gave me like Flicker West and Mother of Rune and like all the fun shit. Give me a Palace Jailer Secret Lair. Just give me two Palace Jailers. That's all I'll ever need. And have them just pre white bordered. Is that the four drop one? Palace Jailer, the one that give that is Monarch and then also takes a creature. That's the guy. Yeah, I couldn't remember if that yeah, was it. I was just, I thought that that was it, but oh boy, do I love me some Palace Jailer. Just get make them non foil. Make them pre white bordered. You will guarantee to at least get one person to buy them. It's me. I'm the person. That makes sense. That's not true. There's another person out there if you make the white cards. Because I figured out this week on Twitter, this was big news for me. Um, Actually, she was one of our shoutouts. Uh, Liz, she's a, a big Magic player. She's also a vendor. She was one of our shoutouts for one of our episodes. But realized this week, she posted something when these Thalia things came out. She also has an entirely white-bordered Death and Taxes. Oh, I saw that too. Another fucking D-Gen. I... Have never been happier. Knowing that there is another scum out there, just like me. She's at Devoted Druid on Twitter if you're interested in going to check her out. Because she's worth it. Because she's also a, a piece of shit, just like me. Who has an entirely white border death and taxes. Garbage people. I love it. I love it so fucking much. <laughs> banned. Oh, you're still fucking banned, by the way, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, since you told me that I was banned on Twitter because of Corey? Get. Also, Corey did chime in. And he said that we should uh, name the uh, the Fetch and Shock squad uh, the Spicy Boys. That's what he. Th- well, then you're leaving out all the all the other folk. The spicy spicy folk. Spicy folk. The See, taste I'm, buddies. The taste buddies. The daddies. The taste daddies. No, the taste buddies. Oh, spice daddies. Sounds like Spice Girl too much. So no. Well, I think no, but but daddy could be a gender neutral. Anybody can be a daddy. Fuck off. <laughs> Especially a spice daddy. <laughs> the Fetchy Spice Girls is so good. <laughs> hate you so goddamn much. Y'all are the Spice Girls. You're, I quit. Are you angry, Spice Matt? <laughs> is that what you are? God damn it. <laughs> God damn you, you son of a bitch. Salty Spice over here. <laughs> oh, that's so Spice good. Girls album coming 2020. <laughs> Spice Girls Fetch and Shock collab. You know we're going to get a fucking assist in the mail saying, <laughs> stop. God damn it. If you want to use our IP, you got to pay us our rights. <laughs> That's just what yeah. the cease and desist is going to say. Pretty fucking close. To- God damn it. <laughs> well, speaking of me being banned from, from the Fetch and Shock podcast, uh, we got an announcement for an announcement. We did get an announcement for an announcement. Yeah, the announcement for the announcement has been announced. So... Um, two things with this, um, they, well, a couple more than two, I guess. Um, <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first thing is, uh, they stuck to what they said. They were cool. 
Yeah, we were talking um, about the announcement for the banner restricted announcement that they announced uh, that is going to be announced next Monday. Announced. From now until the 9th, the only no. things that are going to get bought or sold are specs. I have yeah. stuff in like uh, my cart that I was going to buy, and I said, well, I'm not going to fucking buy this shit now. No. So that's kind of uh, a little thing I saw. I was like, well, if I spend this money and then something gets banned, I'm going to be super fucking pissed. Um, sure. And then the last thing, I think uh, in Pioneer, Dig is going to get banned. Um, I don't fucking know about Standard. All right. Well, how about we talk about like the the repercussions of this, the announcement and stuff? And then we'll talk about the cards that we think are going to be. Sure. Because I think the announcement for the announcement is like almost just as harmful as just announcing the show. Well, I think it might be even a little bit worse. Oh, you think it's actually worse? It might be. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I guess this is my theory behind it. Because like like me, a lot of people are not going to be buying until it's actually announced. Yeah. And also people are not going to be testing for their events, like at least properly. Because there's like modern SCG things coming up, like literally the, the, that weekend that could be that swinging like one way or the other, depending on what the bands are. Yeah, that's true. So some there might be something that gets kind of nerfed a little bit. Um, I And then people aren't going to be buying stuff. And I think some people might be panic selling uh, now just to try to get ahead of it. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, just being a part of Magic the Gathering you sign on to the volatility of the card game. It's yeah, just like, like stocks banned. and stuff. If you plan on like using the card game as a funnel for money, it's just like buying stocks. It's like sometimes shit's going to go up, sometimes shit's going to go down, sometimes shit's going to crash. And that's all based on something out of your power. Well, generally, it's mostly crash. Like prices plummet when shit gets banned. Yeah, but then there's also times where you buy something and it's... Oh, yeah, you can spec on something and yeah. then it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Um that's not generally the case because um, look when Pioneer was announced, people were buying out Sahili's, people were buying out the energy, the Marvel, and that hasn't done shit. The other thing got banned. And then um, specifically one that comes to mind that's very recent is Hogak. Hogak was like $40. Yeah. And then it got banned. Now it's like two something, three bucks maybe. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, when you have something like that, that is something so high and so powerful in the format that it makes that price point so high, it's going to crash at some point because you know it's going to get banned. It's like the even if it doesn't get banned, it eventually people either sell them or whatever, just be like, yeah, I don't yeah. really want these. The, I mean, the market self-regulates to a point. Yeah. But, like, again, you're signing on to the volatility. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, if you want consistency in your money, buy a fucking CD. Like, put it in a fucking bank. Or buy Jund. Buy modern Jund. <laughs> or, yeah, or buy Jund. If you want it in Magic, yeah, just buy... Or just buy duels. Yeah, buy some reserve list shit. Yeah, save that money by reserve list shit. If you're really looking for that kind of fucking guarantee. But if you're, like, specking on cards that are printed in 2020, like, you got... You, you, get, if you, get, you got to pay to play. If you are trying to do that, then you know the risk. The issue is with people who are not doing it for the financial gain or for like just buying and selling just to be able to play the decks. It's like the people who are trying to test for these formats who are just like, Oh, I don't know if my deck's going to be playable in a week. Yeah. Six days at this point that you could be testing and testing. And then it's like, Hey, this gets banned. Well, this deck is now unplayable or it's not the tier zero anymore. And yeah, now I this, this is arguably the best deck. And it's fair to say that the inverter deck in Pioneer 
is not going to be the same right now as it is going to be next Monday. No, I think, like I, I was going to say, I think Dig is get banned. And I am, there are a couple different options, I guess, that you have with that deck. You can ban, like you said, you can ban Dig. I think along with that, you can also just ban Treasure Cruise. See, Treasure Cruise isn't a problem. Um, it is way less potent in combo decks because you're just drawing three random cards. Sure. But my thought behind that is you just cut all the fucking Hydra's heads off at once. So you don't have to worry about something growing back. You just like hit both of the historically very, very, very like overpowered delve blue spells, get them out of the way. And then you don't have to worry about it in the future where if you just ban dig, there is a non-zero chance that in the future you're going to just have to do the same thing for T-Cruise. See, I don't think they're going to just preemptively ban something that's not a problem. Um, Treasure Cruise is not even close to the power level of Dig. Yes, it costs two blue. However, it's instant speed. It's You get to look at seven cards and take the two best cards. Yeah. Um, and then Treasure Cruise. Just three um, random ones off the top. Three random ones and sorcery speed. Um, but for a less blue and one more card, um, you're not making, like, that's not a very good argument. Dig's favor or uh treasure cruise's favor well i mean like, that just it boils first, down to when they first were getting banned like after um treasure cruise was by far the best it was better just because it was ancestral Re because you had the things to make it fucking stupid like um fetch lands and uh what's that thought scour oh and thought scour yeah so well, but I, they also banned dig at that time so like wizards has in shown modern the they did but in legacy and no they, okay they did not but like that shows that Wizards does have the foresight and that like that's where it is. Like, do you think Wizards has the foresight to just be like, nope, cut it off now? Or are see, they I gonna think, let Treasure Cruise breathe? I think they should let it breathe, see what happens. They've been that's how this format was the inception since it, it's been like that. It's hey, these fetch lands are banned, everything else is free game. We're gonna see what happens. And I think that's the But then two way weeks to later it. something got smacked. Which is fine. That's yeah, you just let it evolve. And I, I really don't think it would not be nearly as good with treasure. I just, I, that's a fact. It wouldn't be nearly as good. But we also are in a world where they're saying that like, we're not in the world where they said that they were going to be doing bands for pioneer every week. Now it's like, whenever we feel like there's bands that are needed, we're going to do the announcement. And then the week later, they're going to do it. They could just be saving time and saving face by just getting rid of both of them at the same time. Cause there is, that period in between where that could be harmful that they don't ban T Cruise and they're worried about that. Two weeks is the the max. And I, I well, really, I mean, if, it would be. I think more if than they three wouldn't because the ninth and least. then. Well, because they have to have a week of they have to have a week of data and then a week to announce and then they would have to have that week next. The third Monday, yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah, so it'd be three weeks. And, and I really least. think if they ban it, I think that would Treasure Cruise. That is, I think Dig the like I said from the very beginning, they were not overpowered. They did not need banned. Now, I think that Dig is at a point where it is too, and it can be banned, and you won't hear complaints if it gets banned, from me at least. No, people I'm bitch, sure there's people out there who will. I mean, yeah, but inversely, but... Inverter could just get the axe too. Like, that is a real thing that Wizards has the potential to do. Yeah, that would also be a... Knowing Wizards of the Coast, that is definitely in their wheelhouse. Um, yeah, that would be that would be really dumb of them, I think. Yeah, but again... Because you're just, you're killing an entire deck. I agree with you. They could do it. I would be super fucking pissed as well. A lot of other people would be. Other people who were like, oh, we just want to play mid-range mirrors. Go fuck yourself. That's not how magic should be. There should be multiple decks. Just because the deck is good 
does not mean it should be banned. Yeah, I don't. We're in this. I, I don't. We're hate in this people. fucking area, the era, era, era where it's like, go. oh hey, this this deck is really good. Let's just fucking kill it. No, that's not how it should go. Pull back the power, ban dig, because dig is the, in my opinion, the problem card. In it gets you yeah. two cards because that that deck. What's is, the card let's... filtering power of? It's so fucking good. Yeah, you look at the top seven for yeah. two mana at instant speed. That also helps you fucking manage your graveyard for when you cast it. Yeah, you're essentially looking at like the top tenth of, or more than that. You're talking, you're looking at the top like quarter. Yeah, and then you just when you would inverter, you just have straight gas, or you you find answers much easier. Yep, yeah, I mean it's just like yeah, that is a very very powerful card in that deck that just increases the consistency. Inverter does just like abandoning inverter murders that deck altogether. One hundred percent. Like you could. You could probably still do some shenanigans like the mono blue with Jace and um, Oracle and some like self mill cards, but that's that'd be really fucking shitty of them to ban inverter. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell as far as Pioneer. I do agree with you that I think Dig is easily the, the number one pick for what's going to hit the block. I do see a world where Treasure Cruise also goes with Dig. I could see it. I think it's a mistake if they do that. Because then they're just, they're going away from been doing, which is just saying, hey, we're going to let this format figure itself out and self-regulate. I don't necessarily know if that's going back on it. It's just like them recognize that those cards are just very similar in in function. They're not similar, though. I mean, they're just like very cheap card advantage. Which is fine. You can have card advantage. That's card selection to combo. That's way different. Way, way different. I don't know if... They're not even close to the same in like a deck like that. I think they're more you're getting similar three than what you're random cards. No, they aren't because one is just draw three cards. One is, hey, look at the top seven. Take the two best in whatever scenario you need. You could treasure cruise and draw three lands. What the fuck is that going to do for your combo? Nothing. The selection but... is the issue with dig, and it costs two mana and regulates your graveyard. The combina- combination of those three things is what puts it over the top. But if you just fill your deck with things that just synergize with each other. Like those those cards get a lot closer. I'm not saying that Treasure Cruise is as good as Dig because it's not. But in a deck where you can manipulate things the way that you can in the Inverter deck, those cards are a lot similar in practice than what, what do you mean mean, mean manipulate? Like with the ways that they can like go through their deck and like manage their graveyard and things like that. Like they both manage the graveyard in the exact same way. Well, any delve spell would. I mean, but there's no like depth could, spells that do it the way that those two cards specifically. That either draw cards or card selection. Yeah, the, the, those are the two that do that. I guess you could make an argument for Tassiger to... I mean, they delve, is, those those cards delve for a mill. But this deck is also playing like... Like, it is playing Opt. It is playing Narset. Like, they can manipulate the top of their deck and put cards that they don't need on the bottom. Yeah, the Azorius Control deck can do and that too. Boss's Oracle. I mean, but they're not... The, the Azorius Control deck isn't using Dig to the the extent that uh, the inverter deck. No, and that's what I'm saying. I think Dig could go. I have. I would expect Dig 100%. I've said this for a couple weeks now, where if anything's going to go from the deck, it should be Dig. I think Treasure Cruise is still completely fine. They might just try to slot it in, which might be serviceable. It's not going to be nearly as good. And I don't think, if they ban Dig, I really think that um, Inverter falls from tier zero to still going to be one of the better decks, but it's not going to be that thing where, Hey, Oh, what are you doing? Let me find an app. Cause that's what dig does. Treasure cruise just draws you cards, which isn't really what 
this type of combo deck wants. It wants specific cards. It's not like, hey, I'm going to cast 30 spells and kill you. It's, hey, I need these specific uh, two cards. Yeah. No, I'm just, I, I, I do think Dig is going to be the, the target. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that Dig is definitely not going to be the, I can just see them also just throwing treasure crews under the bus. I don't know and if that's right or not, but. I was about to ask, what do you think? Do you think that's the correct move? Because I could see it happening too. I just don't think it would be the correct move. I don't know if it's the correct move. I don't play Pioneer enough to know if that's 100% right or not. Um, my only thing to consider with that is what does, what other decks gain from having crews in the format and not dig like, and how that affects the meta as a whole. I don't think it really affects it at all, to be honest. See, I'm not entirely sure because no deck is playing both. And the decks that are playing dig are playing it for a specific. The breach deck was playing one copy. I think the, um, blue white deck is just playing it as a two of most of the time. Yeah. Just cause for... it's a great card. Yeah, it's just overtly powerful, and it says, hey, spend one card, get two cards of your choice out of seven. Yeah, Treasure it's Cruise, so dumb. And I've spoken of this before. Treasure Cruise is really good in decks that want just the raw sheer card cards. Thing. Yeah, like stuff that, um, what's that, the Phoenix or Young Pyromancer, yep. things like that where it just wants fodder constantly. And that's well, and not that... necessarily what um, the Inverter deck wants. It might it, They still might play. I don't know. Um I could see, I don't think that the blue-white control deck would play that. I think they would play something like that new, the new intervention, the blue intervention. Yeah, I could see that. Thoss's intervention. That's my thought for Pioneer. I don't have shit for standard. I don't know what's, I know blue-white control is pretty good. I know that. Oh, standard's uh, not going to see nothing. Standard's not going to see anything. Yeah, the teamer uh, adventure was pretty good. Yeah, sure. I could see the only thing in modern, that I could possibly see getting the axe is uh, once upon a time. Yeah, they need to do something to kind of limit that. Uh, Just a cut Titan and like a Etron down a down a peg. Does Etron play in that now too, or just like oh the mono green? Okay, yeah, the, yeah, the Eldrazi Tron. Yeah, I could well, see them hitting. Is Eldrazi Tron green now because those were two very separate decks? Eldrazi Tron is literally just colorless playing four copies of once upon a time. And um, yeah, like I could see that one for the the best thing to cut from that because it hits a couple different decks yeah, and I, that's from the get-go i told i called this from that's a very very fucking powerful card um oh, there's nobody saying that once upon a time was not great because that card is just it's a free spell yeah and we had talked about uh legacy before um you were saying about breach being an issue <laughs> yeah. um, if they if they were to ban someone something i think it would just be breach i think it would be a mistake to ban led or uh brain freeze oh no i am uh at this point i'm like 98 percent certain that something is going to get banned out of legacy and i'm about 95 uh, percent sure that that something is going to be uh, underworld yeah because if they ban led dredge dies and storm dies and uh bomberman dies oh they're never they're... banning led that's not yeah. Never gonna. And if if they, I could see brain freeze because the only real deck that plays that is uh, high tide, uh, but that would it would pretty much kill high tide. You'd have to play. You would um, just have to kill them with fucking <laughs> grape shot or <laughs> blue sun zenith or blue sun zenith. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so miserable. So yeah. I would think breach in that. I, I think, don't think vintage is going to get touched. I think there's a chance that uh, maybe astrolabe also gets hit in legacy. Yeah, because it kind of does a shitty Deathrite Shaman impression. It just lets you play. 
Yeah, it turns out that that four card color, is just really fucking good. Yeah, four color base pretty much. My because my thought with that is if they ban breach, which I do think they're going to do, I think it, they gains a lot by also banning something that goes into like the four color control deck. So either they ban Astrolabe and make mana fair again, or they ban Oko. I don't see them banning Oko, so I see them hitting Breach and Astrolabe. Yeah, the I'm assuming the amount of Wastelands played in Legacy currently is ooh, probably at the lowest it's ever been. Um, no, because, I mean, Lands is still, like, a decent deck. Uh, you got, I mean, Delver's obviously up there because there's a combo deck at the top of the format. I guess so. Like I said, I don't play it. Yeah, Delver's, like, one of the better decks because... Like I said, there's a combo deck that is number one in the format, and Delver's just like, I'm going to eat that ass. Um, Death and Taxes isn't particularly favorable right now. Um, Wasteland's always just going to be good. Like, there's always going to be the lands deck that's decent. Delver's always going to play. Delver's always going to be decent. Death and Taxes is always going to be there. Uh, that's the linchpin of that format, literal Delver. That's been yeah. probably the most popular deck for since Delver was printed, probably. Yeah, Delver is the great litmus test of legacy in whatever format the Delver is presenting itself Delver is there to make sure that everything is on the up and up uh, i think uh when miracles was in its heyday that was probably the best deck for a long time oh yeah i agree and that was the sh- sign of a bad format and that's when why control deck is the that's best why, deck. yeah that's why top had to go well i thought top went just playability and people don't know how the fuck to play top no top went because miracles was the best deck and that was an unhealthy f- yeah bad format when when miracles is like by far the best deck, is you have a problem. That's a massive. Fair enough. Yeah, legacy's just generically like it's just like not great right now. Legacy it, is a turn two for. It was worse when Renin Six was around, but oh, yeah, no shit. That's why they got fucking banned. Yeah, but like it's it's up there with when Renin Six was around. So I do. I breach is definitely. I think breach is going to be definitely hit on Monday. And I'm like 50-50 on whether uh, Astrolabe is going to be hit too. So I would love like to see four percent of the meta or something. Uh, that's because like 10% of the meta is Underworld uh, Breach combo, mm. which is like if a Legacy meta game is 10% dominated by one deck, you have a fucked up meta game because Legacy is unlike any other format. You never see a deck that dominant unless the format is in big big trouble. Wasn't that Delver? Isn't Delver like 10%? Delver's usually hovering. Depend- well, I mean, if you're lumping every single version of Delver, Delver's usually around like 10-ish percent. But even within that, you have to break it down to there's the Rock Delver players, there's the Soltai Delver players, there's uh like the Blue, Blue Red, Red Delver players. Yeah, because like- currently, just this is based off of top eight, so take that with a grain of salt. Sure. Uh, Blue Red Delver's at 12%. That's all... Uh, no, that's literally blue red Delver. I'm assuming there is probably Grixis Delver in there, and probably Teamer. Run- yeah. Okay. Yeah, like those are those are probably lumped in together just because of the so few cards that need to be changed out of those. But those few cards make a ass load of difference. And then the next deck is the the Bant control mixed with the four color control. Really, that's the four color. Okay. Yeah, and the Bant control is miracles playing. Oko. Yeah, Oko and red cards. And then uh, Death and Taxes rolls up Numero Trace with... Those are out of, like, the mid-range. No, that's everything. Oh, well, no. Jeskai, Jeskai uh, Underworld uh, Breach is easily the most played deck. It is at 4%. In the last two weeks, um, the last two weeks, it is at 7, 7%. 
Delvers at 11, Bank Controls at 7%, Death and Taxes at 7, Eldrazi Aggro is at 6. Oh, but in like the, in the, I don't know if the, whatever website you're looking at. This is in- just literal top eight. So this is every top metagame. So it is takes it, all the top eight and then that's what breaks it apart. Is it taking into consideration the, like the legacy primers and the legacy premier events? Yeah. And the challenges? Yeah. Oh, because in the in the preliminaries and in the challenges, uh, Breach has been by a significant margin the most represented deck. Like there's like uh, three or oh, more. No, no, no. Yeah, in every top eight. Uh, that may be the case, but out of all of the top eight across everything, so online data for tournament, and these are paper tournaments, even from this one's fucking Eternal Series fourteen, and then events in Hong Kong. Uh, moto prelim the this is strictly the top eight data it's not oh hey 500x 400 of them are breach it just takes the top eight. Oh, you see i'm looking at the the total data from all like the magic online events because the magic online events is where legacy like actually is played yeah that makes sense but yeah. it's still it still takes just the top eight so it takes the top eight from sure sure well. sure now this the what I'm, I'm looking at it's like taking like the 16 like the, pretty much the, the top sixteen of the event. And the last two prelims were won by Storm. The last preliminary was won by Sneak and Ship, which was this weekend, this past week. That one's not up yet. So two twenty eight is the last prelim. Oh, I'm the looking last, at the, the last one event from is this twenty ninth. Yeah, it's just not up yet. That's yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and then in the top eight there were three Underworld Breach decks, and in the challenge there were uh, four Breach decks in the top. It's very good. Don't get me wrong. I'm, oh yeah, the deck is. I just agree like with you. I'm just. Too much. I was just where this data was. Um. Yeah. So there, there's going to be something. Do you think there's going to be anything in vintage? I'm assuming. I don't think so. Um. Here's the thing with vintage: they're used to stupid, powerful, broken shit. So there's not really a difference between. Um. It's just not right to play that card yet. In breach. Yeah, because you have. Yeah, breach just doesn't make sense quite yet. Yeah, you have Yogwood. Sure. Someone may figure it out where they're like, "Hey, let's mill ourselves." But there's, I don't think it ever will, um, for the mere fact, mostly all all of the sideboards in Vintage have somewhere between, (laughs) they have like six to eight ways to deal with the graveyard because Dredge is that fucking good. When you have a graveyard deck as one of the pillars of the format, uh, graveyard strategies become significantly worse. And like, you still can just win through graveyard. So like they're generally, I play at least six ways to deal with Dredge and Obviously, they're not six of the same effect because you can't do that. But like, it's a combination of Leyline or Tormod's Grips or uh, Ravenous Trap. I couldn't think of that one. Yep. That. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, and that just makes like Breach such a hard de- hard card to play in that format. Yeah, and it's. I mean, Vintage is pretty much um, Canadian Highlander with no point system and sixty card decks with fifteen card sideboards. Ninety um, percent of the Vintage decks. Now, granted, like shops and stuff like that are different. They're all the same cards. There are generally like eight to ten different cards, and those eight to ten cards vastly change. Yeah, sure. Um, the deck, the way it plays. Yeah, breach is just. I don't think breach is breaking through. So vintage is totally safe. Right not, now. not yet. Yeah, like I said, it it may, but vintage is fine. Right now. Yeah. So the, I I do expect there to be changes in pioneer. I do expect there to be changes in legacy. Um, maybe modern. We'll see. But. Definitely Pioneer, definitely like I'm calling it now. Yeah, well, six days, you'll be able to find out. Yeah, and next week, you can tell us how wrong we were. Yeah, or how fucking right we were. Only changes are in 
uh, Commander. That's the only thing that they're changing. <laughs> or Brawl. That's the they're doing a band announcement. You know what? For Brawl. I actually hope there is a fucking change in Commander. Let there be fucking Planeswalkers Commander already. Uh, they're not going to do that. That's never like, going to happen. Probably not. I don't care. <laughs> Play Commander with people who don't give a shit. There a you go. Boy can dream. Yeah, also, if you want a Commander as a, a, command, uh, a Planeswalkers Commander, uh, get better friends. Yeah, or just say, hey, fuck you. I'm playing this anyway. But yeah, Matt, um, that's it for BNR. I had a question for you, though. What's that? You got some fucking spice for me, bud. I do. Does Chef Matt have some fucking spice for the fucking week? So it is. Ready? Drum roll. Drum oh, roll. boy. What is this pile of shit? It is uh, Modern. It's brought to you by Modern this week. Manalus Dredge. It There's is... No- a spicy one. There is zero mana. So- There's not a single land in this motherfucker. Zero lands. Zero ways to actually make mana. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, there's like not even like a anything. So I found this on Twitter. I don't remember where I found it. So I apologize to that person. I did not come up with this deck. I know that uh, Corbin Hoslier, Hosier, Hosler, Hosler. Um, I know he played something like this a while ago. Um, but this one's a little bit updated. And it's fucking glorious. Oh boy, this thing is a pile. It really is. But oh my great. god, this is a spicy meatball. So the most common way to get something into your yard is to be on the draw. Discard. And discard. That's so sick. There's also, um, so we'll go through, um, uh, starting off at zero drops. There are four Memnite. Those will be important. Remember that. Four Mizra's Bobble. Four Ornithos. Sure. So 12 zero mana artifact. And then going directly to two drops, we have four Narcomoeba. So if you would mill those from the top of your deck. You make a guy. Um, you, no, you just put that Wait, into you, play. You get the guy. You get the guy that does yeah. the guy. It is. I'm not even going to read the mana cost and colors because that doesn't. Yeah. Um, it is a 1-1 flyer. That um, Golgari, Golgari Thug. Uh, Which is just Dredge 4. Five. Or Dredge 4. 4, um, four, four once upon one, a time. So maybe this deck is not going to be good if it gets banned. But <laughs> Yeah, this deck is in trouble, bud. Um, so, yeah, if it's the first spell you cast, uh, you can play it without paying its mana cost. Look at the top five. Grab a creature or a land. This has no land, so you're grabbing a creature. <laughs> um, and then we have three Sword of the Meek, which that's why those one ones were important. Sure. Um, so equip creature gets plus one, plus two, and it has this other text. Um, whenever a 1-1 creature enters the battlefield under your control, oh, you, you may return Sword of the Meek uh, from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to that creature. Oh, I love that. We have four Stinkweed in. So they are 1-2 flying Dredge 5. Nothing matters except that Dredge 5. Um, four prized Amalgam. So a 3-3 if a creature entered the battlefield from uh, your graveyard this turn. Bring it back. Bring it back at the next... Uh, End step. Next, next end step. It's tapped. And it comes into play tapped. Um, four serum powder. So this, uh, basically a free mulligan. If you were to take a mulligan instead, you can exile your, exile your hand face up, I believe it says, um, and then draw that many cards or put that many cards into you. So it's basically a free mulligan. You exile um, your hand. That, that, exile so you exile then, your first seven cards. Yeah. So if you were to mulligan with five cards, um, you, instead of mulligan, you could exile those five cards and just redraw five cards. But it's always going to be seven. And then Creepy Chill. Creeping Chill. So when it's put in you, from you your library. Drain, you drain and drain. gain three. Yep. Uh, four Venge Vines, which are Jesus. four, three, haste. Whenever you cast um, a spell, if it's the second creature spell you cast this turn, 
you may return Vengevine uh, from the uh, graveyard to the battlefield. So 4-3 haste. Um, that's important with Memnites and Ornithopters. And uh, this next creature, Hollow One. Um, it's a 4-4 four, four <laughs> for five colorless. Uh, costs two less uh, to cast for each card you've cycled or discarded this turn. Um, so if we're discarding three cards, it's free, which we're generally going to be discarding three. Um, we have Street Wraith. Um, so cycling for two life, uh, discard a draw card. Um, this is where it starts to get a little spicy, as if the deck has not been spicy enough. I would say this deck is already pretty spicy, but these next cards are fucking extra. So Salvage Titan. It is from the Titan Cycle. Um, it is a 6-4 artifact creature golem. You may sacrifice three artifacts rather than pay the spell's mana cost. You may also exile three artifact cards from your graveyard to return it from your graveyard to your hand. So this gets really fun with things like Sword of the Meek, where you can sacrifice those. gets a little value. Huh. This one That's is... Cute. Yeah, the I'm next actually one's gonna, pretty good, though. I'm actually going to look this one up on the so I can actually get the... The 100% card correct. Because this one has some text. Yes. This one is Phantasmagorian. Yep. It is five black black for a 6-6. Six, six. Whenever you play uh, this, <laughs> any player may discard three cards. If a player does, counter it. However, that's not the... Imp- yeah, how are you planning on casting this with not producing mana, Matt? We're not. Um, the other <laughs> line of text is uh, discard three cards, return this from your graveyard to your... So this is the big discard outlet which then allows you to dredge, etc. Yeah. Um, well, so that's yeah. the main that's the main deck. And then sideboard is four, Chancellor of the Annex. Um, if it's in your opening hand, uh, reveal it. And when you when each opponent casts their first spell of the game, counter that spell unless they play one. Pay one. Sure. So then... basically free, go fuck yourself, counter spell, or whatever they're doing. Um, four, Fairy, Macabre, um, discard it from your hand, exile two cards from your yard. Four, Chancellor of the Dross. Or three Chancellor of the Dress, excuse me, which is the same thing. The if it's in your hand at the beginning of the game, you can reveal it. And if you do, uh opponent loses three life, you gain three. And then to wrap up the sideboard, we have four sickening shoal. So it's X black black. Like all of the shoal cycle, you may exile a black card with converted mana cost X rather than pay spells mana cost. Target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. This deck is a fucking mess, dude. I told you it was spicy. I love it. This is some fucking Chef Matt spice. I did not create this. Let's be very honest. No, I mean, not listen. Not everybody can create everything, but we all can appreciate some some art in the form of a deck list. Yeah. So the the way this deck is going to win most of the time is a combination of tree, creeping chills, venge vines, and hollow ones. Yeah, sure. But you can also just poop out prized amalgams and salvage titans. And smush. Yeah, you can just do like the typical dredge thing. Yeah. In my ideal world, I would be playing this deck in a field full of Ponza. Yeah, that seems like a way to win the game. This deck is also very all in. Oh, this is a commit strategy. Like a, a recipe resolves against this deck and it loses on the sp- Uh, that's not. You can get out some, uh, what's a fucking artifact? Hollow one. You're playing hollow one, are you? You could get some hollow one. Yeah, I don't I don't see that uh, as a winning strategy against a recipe. Definitely not a winning strategy, but you could win with sure, that I mean, strategy. Yeah, in the theory where your opponent mulligans to three, where they have land, land, rest in peace, and then draw nothing else, there's a way that you can win that game. Or you just draw the nuts, and you go to eight cards, you discard. Well, no, you couldn't even do that. You'd have to literally have three. 
Yeah, you'd have to have like the stone perfect hand. A rest in peace just kills this deck on the Oh yeah. But if you're playing a deck like this, you're living on the edge to begin with. No, yeah, this is this is living on a prayer dot jack. So I sent you that. Uh, I can tweet that out. Mm-hmm. Just for the spice. Because that... We will definitely yeah. be tweeting this pile out. Because this yeah. is a fucking mess. Your boy is going to have some pretty bad heartburn. Because that was... Oh, boy. Yeah, you better fucking take in the Tums or a pile of sack, bud. This is... That's a fucking deck. Holy shit. I love it. And I'm interested yeah, to it's... know... If anybody out there who is, has played a deck similar to this... What they think of that? Because this is something I've never even considered being something to play. This is so off the wall. Like, it has existing elements of multiple other decks, but it's just jammed together in a way that I've never seen anything before. It's nuts. It's wild. If you're playing this deck, you're going to have some people reading your cards, for sure. Oh, yeah. You were going to have some readers with... God, I got... I love a good deck that makes people read the cards. That's my favorite shit. And that's one of them. Mm-hmm. People will for sure be reading that. Matt, that is a good fucking spice of the week, bud. I know. You did a good job. Chef Matt coming through, delivering the heat. I love that. Well, Matt, now you, how do you feel about moving away from the spice of the week to our other new segment, our Fetch and Shock Top 5? We can do that. Yeah, you're into that? I suppose so. I'm sure the fucking the spice daddies are ready for it. I'm making that one stick. I love that. <laughs> I hate you so much. But yeah, our fucking, our, our Fetch and Shock top five this week. Uh, last week was Creatures. This week, um, we got a request from, uh, a request. Request, um, from one of our listeners, Rupert. Um, he was wondering what our top five mechanics in magic were. And we took this pretty loosely because I know some people can be sticklers about what is a mechanic, what is not. We took this as just like, Something that has occurred on a card that is, like, a specific thing that is unique. So there's obviously, like, the very obvious mechanics, like Convoke and stuff, uh, that were keyword mechanics. There are some of them on our list. I know there's at least one on Matt's list, because I know there's one that he loves more than anything in the world that has to be on his list. I'd be shocked if it's not number one. Um, And there's ones on my list that are somewhat keyworded mechanics, but, like, loosely based. But my top five is just, like, heavy hitters from all corners i love my top five for this uh, i think i have a pretty good one all right why don't you send us off do you have any uh honorable mentions i do why do you have honorable mentions i have zero honorable mentions because i rattled mine off so quick and i didn't even think of any other mechanics okay fair enough um so uh affinity sure uh miracle mechanic oh fuck miracles that's actually a cool mechanic okay i'm cool with that uh split second Ugh. Which is the worst. Uh, Cascade was pretty bad, too. So you're just listing all of the ones that I'm just like, oh, I hate playing against that. And these are just honorable ones. And then uh, kind of the Hexproof Shroud protection from, like, Pro Red. Because some of those cards are literally just unbeatable. Those were just some honorable mentions. I guess I will have one honorable mention, and it is Convoke. Because I fucking love Convoke, but it did not make my top five. Okay. Uh, Let's start with your number five. My number five... It is Kicker. Ooh, I forgot about Kicker. I fucking love Kicker. Holy shit, is Kicker such a good mechanic? Like, any mechanic, which you're going to... This is a trend within my top five of things that they put on cards that make the card good early and as good late. Like, anything that it just increases the time which the card is valuable is so sick. Because, I mean, we talked about it with the 1-1 Scorpion with Death See? Touch. That's actually really funny 
um, because my number five, not kicker, but it, the same theory. It's that same thing? Cycling. Oh, see, cycling is a fucking incredible mechanic. It's just like mechanics like that where you have something. Um, Dominaria was the last set that had something with kicker or the kicker was a theme. And there were so many cool cards in that set that like. They all oh, just sucked. All those kickers were terrible. And that's not true. In limited, these cards were sweet. Some of them. Like the one that. Um, for In the limited what, environment. Yes. Anywhere yeah, else. For what? They were... Four mana. You could make three one one sapperlings but then for later for like six mana or seven mana you made five like cards like that where it's just like okay early on when you're just like developing your board you get to play the card and it does the thing that you want it to do and yeah thumbs up and then late game you have your mana developed and stuff and then you tear this card off the top of your library if it didn't have kicker this card would be mediocre but since it does have kicker it's perfect see i think cycling's a little better than that because um you can cycle to hit land drops you can the biggest one that comes to my mind is sensor it's a two mana yeah. counter spell that for one and if they're just playing around it you say fuck it cycle it new card for mm -hmm. a blue when it also goes for things like multi-kicker too like ever-flowing chalice is yeah. like a permanent cube staple that card is so good because you can just like turn two and it turns into just a one mana mana rock or late game you just dump four mana into it and then next turn you just have just a just a soaring Oh, I thought of another one that is really good that's not on my list. Nope, can't do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, what, what is it? It's an honorable mention now. Buyback. Yeah, buyback's another one of those things that's just like... Yeah, that's when you said it's... Just oh, it's just so good. Okay, so um, I'll go to my number four. Yeah, uh, your number five was cycling. Cycling. Uh, my number four is Delve. Ooh, see, Delve was I could have been an honorable mention for me. Uh, it's just like, that card's, that, that mechanic is so good. It's just in practice that mechanic sucks. Like I just hate the games where delve becomes the thing. Yes, one of the most common played delve cards is a common that they didn't think was going to be good, and is just a five-five for one mana. Yeah. What What you know about some Gurmag Gangler? Yeah, some Zomba Fish. Zombie fishy boy. Yeah, that that's a good one. That's a really good mechanic. Uh, just because it lets you play undercosted threats. I don't think that that's what they meant to do with it. No, it just. But it, it was, was like, oh hey, it's hey, I got some cards that are in my graveyard. I'll play two spells this turn instead of an overcosted one. Yeah, I mean, it it was like a spell version of like convoke. Yeah, exactly. Just cards for is what it tried to be, but then in practice, it turned into oh, this is way too fucking good. Degenerate, get mm -hmm. as many cards and cast a five five. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really. So what is your number four? My number four is a off the beaten path one. I, Fucking I land think... war elves again. <laughs> I think if I gave you like a hundred years, you might not be able to get it. my number four is will of the council. So the voting mechanic. Oh yeah. I guess that's the thing I, that you enjoy. I fucking love this mechanic, both in competitive play with cards like council's judgment where I just get to like, oh, now I have an answer for Trinity Nemesis. Now I have an answer for your Planeswalker. Now I have an answer for whatever permanent that I needed to deal with because I'm not actually targeting it. That card specifically just would put this mechanic on my list regardless. But this card, this mechanic in like the practice of a multiplayer game is so sick. Like there are cards that just make games so cool because all of the players get to politic together because you cast one card. Like Plea for Power is a sorcery for four mana for three and a blue. And it has will of the council and each player votes either for time or knowledge. And then you get an extra turn for each time thing. 
and you get an ancestral recall for each uh, knowledge. Like that card is so sick. And no, like, you take one of their permanents. No, this is the draw one. You draw three. Expropriate? Is that what you said? No, plea for power. Oh, uh, I was like expropriate. Not no, that, but, but yeah. Like, that's another example. Yeah, like there are just like so many cards with this ability that you could cast them 10 times and they'll never resolve this. Yeah, true. These are generally all-stars in like commander more so than uh, competitive. Like the yeah. one competitive card is Council's Judgment. Is Council's Judgment for sure. Yep. And I love Council's Judgment. But this mechanic is just so fun because it does have that card that like broke through into competitive formats. While also just being such a cool casual card, like commander card or mecha commander mechanic, sorry, uh, it is just so much fun and so unique in the thing that it does. I love, love Will. Yeah. So I'm, what? What's your numero trace? I'm thinking our number three mechanic might be the same thing. Hmm. I'm calling it now. What's your number three? My number three mechanic is flashback. Nope. I don't it's even not... actually have flashback on my list. Oh, dude, come on. Flashback is so sick. It is. It I really mean, is. Snapcaster Mage, Lingering like Faceless Looting, Lingering Souls. This card, and this goes back to the thing where you're getting more on a card than what the face value of. You get to play the card, and then later on you get to just do it again for a little bit more of an investment. And like Flashback was also a linchpin in one of my favorite decks I've ever played, which was... Um, modern gifts reanimator yeah you get to flashback the uh the unburial rights. unburial rights that's it yeah like that deck would not function if unburial rights did not have flashback on it so like that automatically just puts flashback into my top thing because that's one of my favorite mechanics one favorite cards of all time that mechanic is just so cool in the way that it interacts with the game and it makes your graveyard matter so then it brings like cards that interact with the graveyard into play like oh i want to exile your thing that's another big thing for um, Theros Limited, why I think the new Theros Limited is so cool, because it cards that n normally you'd just like be like, oh, this card doesn't do anything because it interacts with the graveyard. Now in this in th new Theros Limited format, those cards actually have value. Like yeah. you, you could just nab their graveyard card and like you just got a ton of value off of that card that normally would have no bearing in the game once. No, you're not wrong. Yeah, love flashback. What so, your number three, Matt? my number three is how magic should be played the way Richard Garfield and and that would be Storm Dredge. Oh God damn it! <laughs> this broke magic. Dredge is a shit, isn't it? It's just it attacks from a completely different axis, and it it kind of speaks for it. Literally, yeah, Dredge is so fucked. It, you don't care really about casting spells. You want to get them in your graveyard and start dumping that shit in there. And not to mention, you wouldn't have had any spice this week if it wasn't for Dredge. True. <laughs> that is very true. But this deck is a mainstay in modern legacy and is arguably one of the best decks vintage. Yeah, it is a linchpin and vintage. So that's mine. I don't really have much else. It's pretty obvious why yeah, it's good. Dredge is Dredge. How about your number two? What's your number two? So I waffled back and forth on these two. Um, my number two is actually Storm. Oh, I knew Storm was going to be on your list. Yeah, well, it has to be Storm. Um, so Storm, it just, it's actually probably the best name mechanic. Yeah, but Storm for every spell you name. cast and you cast a Storm spell, you get a copy of that for each other spell cast this turn. Um, so the most common one and the best one is Tendrils of Agony. Uh, the yep. second most commonly played one is probably Grape Shot or, Grape shot. and then uh, the Empty the Warrants and then Brain Freeze. 
Um, a lot of these are, these are all banned in Popper. Yeah. But they're linchpin win conditions in decks. Generally, you just play a bunch of spells and you have one or two copies and you just kill them. Yeah, there's not a format where Storm is legal where it's not a deck. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, Storm is sweet. Uh, what is your numero dose? My numero dose is, was your, was it number four? No, number five. It's cycling. Oh, yeah, okay. I love cycling. Cycling, and I was thinking on this in just like a gameplay aspect. Like, cycling has been, every single format that it's been in, like limited-wise, it's made that limited format so good. Yeah, it just gives you options, like yeah. I was saying. It's and it's and it goes back to that. good, early. Yeah, it goes back to that with, theme. Sorry, go ahead. It goes back to that theme of my list where it's just like, it gives more to the cards than what they would have had on their face value without these mechanics. Like you, you get the sensor mechanic or the sensor example was perfect where it's just like, Oh, I can do this card and it counters a spell. Or when this card has no value anymore, it just says two minute draw card. Like that's totally fine. And I love, love mechanics like that. And cycling is the quintessential mechanic for giving a card more than what, it had before yeah it's good early it's good late it's good with the actual card yep oh i'm interested to hear what your number one is now. what is oh wait no one? i already know what your number one is. yeah you should what's your number one do you have any guesses on what my number one is because i know what yours is like a flicker no it is not that would have been a good one that should have been an honorable man like a taxing effect it is close it's actually on a card that we talked about earlier it is actually the monarch mechanic the champion of butterflies baby gotta represent for the monarch yeah, that one is also very good. So, do you want to explain what Monarch is? Fuck, yeah. So, uh, permanence with Monarch on it, or when they enter the battlefield, you become the Monarch, is pretty much what it is. Monarch is just an emblem that you receive that says at your end step, you draw a card, and then whenever a player deals combat damage to you, they become the Monarch. And that they get, so they get the emblem that does that same thing. This mechanic does so much for commander games. Like to the point where we play some commander games at my house where the the house rule is we start the game with the monarch in the center of the table. The first person to deal combat damage becomes the monarch. And then it yeah, it's just always an active game until somebody wins the because it forces people to do something, which that's usually the big thing in commander games where you're just sitting staring at each other, not doing anything, and the game just hits a stalemate and then goes on for another fifteen turns where nobody does anything. That's boring. Yeah, Monarch this forces people to do some shit. Time. And then also another like like Will of the Council, like I said before, it has just broken into constructed formats. Like the Monarch is in Popper, the Monarch is in Legacy, and it makes those games so sweet. Monarch is so good, dude. Holy Changes shit. the dynamic of a game too. Yeah, it's just like like there's times where it's like a mini game within side of a game. Yeah, exactly. Like I I like I want the monarchy in against miracles in legacy more than any other deck and that other deck doesn't have creatures so it's like i'm just the monarch forever and i'm just getting card advantage from a deck that doesn't have blue and i just can run away with the game just by being the pretty pretty princess that's it even if they remove the card it's i still get to keep the monarchy there. yeah and that's the cool thing with palace jailer uh because of the way that it reads your opponent has to become the monarch in order for them to get their creature back, because when Palace Jailer enters the battlefield, it exiles a creature until your opponent becomes the monarch. So they can deal with Palace Jailer all they want. As long as they're not hitting you with something, you're still the monarch, you still keep their creature, and you're still drawing cards. Like, that card is fucking... Yeah, seems pretty good. The best four mana 2-2 ever printed in Magic. Palace Jailer. 100%. 
Now, Matt, I know what your number one is, but why don't you tell the people? So my number one uh, best mechanic, I don't know if it's technically a mechanic, but it's my show. So fuck it. I don't give a shit. It is now. (laughs) It is uh, Pyrexian. So Pyrexian mana is either two life or the color. So generally it's green or two life. Tyler, you want to guess how many uh, in modern specifically, how many cards are banned that have Pyrexian? Uh, there are two, right? You tell me. Yeah, it's Birthing Pod and uh, Gitaxian Probe. Correct. I would go as far to say that mostly every Magic player has prob competitive Magic player has probably cast some with Pyrexian. I would say any modern player. Yeah, Dismember, uh, a one mana, four life, minus five, minus five is really good. Birthing Pod is banned in modern. Gitaxian Probe is banned in modern. Um, Infect is built off of the back of Pyrexian. I mean, and even in, like, like Commander players, like Phyrexian Metamorph is the mainstay in the format. Yeah, most of those, it's just so good. It's it lets you play everything for cheaper, but you don't have to. You can still pay mana for it. Yeah, it, it leads itself to a lot of flexibility. Gitaxian Probe is a common card that is banned literally in every format. And re- yeah, and restricted in vintage. It's restricted in vintage, and you can only play one in commander. Yeah, that like that. That's a very very powerful. Oh, uh, you forgot one. Oh, I guess misstep is a card. Fuck that card. Yeah, so it's Ugh. literally free spells or spells that are super cheap uh, that you can use uh, the most common resource in the game, which is your life total, uh, to gain some sort of advantage. Hell yeah, that was a fucking killer top five, dude. Yeah, I thought so. That was a really good. And we, how many did we have any overlap? Cycling, right? Cycling was it, yeah. That's the kind of top fives that I'm into. Ones that you and I are just like not even close to getting the same top five, but like I can see the merit in all of yours, and I'm you can see how I'm seeing all of mine. Mine are way more degenerate than yours, which is not surprising. Oh, but mine are more fun. Uh, definition of fun is a tricky thing because I have fun casting nine spells and then tendrils or casting birthing pod. Well, mine are more fun for the whole family. How about that? I've seen young storm players. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, but I've, but I'm assuming <laughs> you've seen also seen people enjoy casting a car with flashback. Oh yeah, I love flash. No, this top five was killer. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. I like fun topics like. Yeah, that was a good one. So thanks, Rupert. He deserves all the credit for that. You did it. Good job. And listeners, if you have any ideas for uh, future top fives, shoot us a slide into our DMs at fetch underscore shock. And we'll be happy to do whatever top five you could possibly imagine. Yeah, these are fun to do. These are great. Matt, you know what else is great? Accumulated knowledge. Not really, but sure. Wow. Why are you just going <laughs> to fucking shoot down accumulated knowledge like that? You know you love it. I do. It's fun. Especially when you are playing it. I am playing. You are. Are you ready? I suppose so. Well, you're going to have to fucking wait because I have to explain the game. So. Son of a bitch. For those of you out there who are new to this. We play a game every single week called Accumulated Knowledge. During that game, we go onto the Scryfall website, and one of us clicks the random card button. And whatever card is wonderfully randomly generated by Scryfall, we ask the other the name of the card. That person has to give the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if they don't, uh, they, they're, they're, they suck. They're bad. They bring shame upon their family. Yeah, the entirety of their family. Not just like the immediate family, like in-laws, um, Everybody. like third cousins, the whole the whole clan. Whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. So, Matt, you have to get 
four out of five, and you get yourself two hints. And we can't guess mana cost. You cannot so guess mana cost. Can't ask for mana cost as a hint. Yeah, you can't do that. No more. Are you ready? I suppose so. Well, Matt, your first one is Noyendar Royal Shaper. What? Yeah, or yeah, or not not a, not an easy one. That's for sure. Noyendar Royal Shaper. I will give you one hint for free because that's how good of a guy I am. It's a creature. Uh, no, it is. Uh, the artist is Carl Kapinski. But yeah, I'll give you another one. It is a creature. Yeah, you're welcome. Look at me. Two hints for free. I'm like fucking the Santa royal. Claus. What set was that? the royal? Royal elemental. Is that how it is? The royal. Are you asking for the spelling? Is it no? That's is it like royal or royal R O Y A? Are you asking or, for this? Is that is it? Do you want a hint? No, that's not a hint. You can fucking spell it. <laughs> yeah, for it me. is. It's R O I L. R O I L. Royal. I can see why that would be confusing. I'm, I'm just gonna take a stab in the dark because I don't think I'm gonna get this one. I don't. This is an incredibly tough. Four blue green. Finally, Matt, you are incorrect. I figured. It is three white blue. This is the merfolk fuck, isn't it? He is a 4-4 legendary Son creature, merfolk ally. <laughs> I lost when, to this in the annual we did. This is from uh, Battle. It is from Battle for Zendikar. It is a 4-4 merfolk ally creature, legendary. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you can put three plus one plus one counters on target land you control. It becomes a creature, a, a zero zero elemental creature with haste. It's still a land. You could have given me all that, and I probably still wouldn't have gotten the correct mana cost for this. Yeah, that was a very fucking tough one. I got smashed by this hard in, the, in that Backwards format. Fair. Oh, well, Matt, are you ready for your next one? Yeah, I suppose so. It is significantly easier. I fucking hope. It is Devoted Druid. Oh, that one's easy. That's uh, one in a green. It is one in a green. For an elf druid, it is an O2. It has tap at a green, and then you could put a minus one, minus one counter on it and untap devoted druid. That one was a very easy. Yeah, this is pretty common uh, modern combat. Yeah, part that of is. Modern combat. I mean, the combo is named after the card. Yeah. Are you ready for your next one? So you got your one, your one for two. You got to finish strong. Still got two hints. Give me some more waffle. Your next one is Endless Obedience. Ooh. Matt, it is not standard legal. Well, I'm thinking blind obedience. I must just shot out one and on a white the extended oh, card. That would have been great. I mean, you had the obedience part, right? Also, that card's not standard legal. I think I have to use a hint or I just lose. Yeah, I th that seems like where you're at in the game. Yeah, give me... What does it do? So the card has put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control and it's it also black. has convoke black convoke card yeah you don't see these very often reanimate effect with convoke it's black it's probably five plus mana Ooh, matt's having some trouble damn i don't i don't know this i'm glad i didn't just fucking king just, dick it and just say oh blind obedience i know that one if you would have just fucking went in on blind obedience i would have lost my i almost did i was trying to mind. think of the mechanic the extort well, you would have known because I would have been like, oh, is that your final answer? Just like got really fucking really lit real fast. Yep. This is probably I'm guessing five or six. OK, oh, that's a good start. I can't really use another hint. I guarantee it's not an instant. Uh, these things are not shot in the dark. All the marbles Four black. black. Matt, is that your f I cannot believe it. you wrong. You fuck. No, you got it. Oh, just don't do that to me. How did you do that? Well, um, Convoke generally shit's not cheap for Convoke. No, never is. It's black. It's not going to be a single black. They're not going to let you splash them. No, never. So that was super lucky. What set is this? Uh, it is from N15. 
I didn't know there was Convoke in M15. Is that the Convoke set? Um, I believe so, yes. That that one is super long. Yeah, that was a fucking good one. Are you ready for your next one? You gotta finish off the next two strong. I suppose so. I only have one hint left. So it is. Your next one is Depala Pilot Exemplar. Oh, this is the, the red-white vehicle, dude. Uh, this is one red-white, I think. Is that your final answer? Yeah. It is. Depala is one red and a white for a 3-3. Legendary creature, Dwarf Pilot. Other dwarfs get a plus one, plus one. And each vehicle you control gets a plus one, plus one, as long as it's a creature. And then whenever Depala becomes tapped, you may pay X if you do. Reveal the top X cards from your library. Put all dwarfs and vehicle cards into your hand. The rest, the bottom of your library. Yeah, I played a lot of the red-white vehicles in this format. Yeah, that, that card was very good set, too. Just giving your vehicles a bump and then... Random, randomly being able to dig for them. Yeah. All right, Matt. Are you ready for your next one? The final Final one. countdown. It is Curse of Vitality. Is it a curse? Uh, is that... Are you asking for a hint? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good health beckons many a vigorous follower. Give me the text. The text says, Enchant player. Stop. I know. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever enchanted player is attacked, you gain two life. Each opponent attacking that player does the same. Now, this is one of those commander curses. Curse. Curse. Pretty sure it's, pretty sure it's the white one, because the red one gives you gold. The blue one draws you cards. I love gold. I forget what the black one does. I don't know if there is a green one. Maybe the black one gains you two life. Maybe. I think it's white. I'm not positive. Um, I'm going to go one and a Matt, is that your final answer? Sure. Matt. That's not right, is it? No, I it don't is, think it is. It is two and a one. Two and a white. Fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is a weird one, too, though. Yeah, it's from Commander 2017. That is its only paper printing. It's not surprising. But it is also available in Magic Online Trader Treasure Chest. Oh, I should have asked that. I would have got that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we have never asked the printings. That's a good hint, though. That's a terrible hint. I mean, unless you know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. But if you don't know then you get cursed with vitality. This seems like a group hug type card. 1,000%. All of the curses. Are. The Kytheon group hug deck is just like such a sick idea. I love it. That's a four color. The five color one. Or no, it's not Kytheon. Four it's color. The king. Um, I can't remember his name. It begins with a K. The five color guy from uh, the buy a box promo from Kaladesh. Or not Kaladesh. Uh, uh, Eldrain. There's a five color card in Eldrain. It's the buy a box promo. Oh, no. Oh, Kenrith. Yeah, Kenrith. There we go. Thank you. Not, not Kytheon. Kenrith. So I failed miserably. Not miserably. You poor bastard. No, you were. You made it. I was hanging on the edge from the get-go with that one. You made it real close. There was a sweat going on there for a second, and then a commander card came up, and I was like, "Oh, peaceful game over." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, uh, you're the big loser for this. Unfortunately, yeah. Which means I'm the winner. Also, unfortunately, yeah. Which means I get the shab out. Why do you got to keep doing this? <laughs> well, our shout out for this week is uh, a fellow content creator. But uh, this this young man is a uh, a Twitch streamer. He is aspiring Spike, which his Twitter handle is. Uh, I'm just going to spell it out because there's no way I'm pronouncing this right. It's Mogan Evert. Evert. Yeah, M Mogan Evart. Yeah, I, that sounds right. It's M-O-U-G-H-O-N-E-V-A-R-T. 
Yeah, or the, his name or whatever is Aspiring Spike. Yeah, it's Aspiring Spike. And he is also on Twitch at uh, Twitch TV slash Aspiring Spike. And uh, he does a lot of things. He memes. He plays real decks. Uh, Matt was telling me about him uh, where he played a Tron League that was uh, more unusual than most. Yeah, so um, celebrating him making Twitch partner... He played mono green Tron, but the kicker was he had the board covered with like a an overlay where he couldn't see what was going. On. That is a fucking legendary. Movie. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so he's just like just mo- just solitary in Tron, but actual against an opponent. So like he could just be dying and he would have no idea. Yeah, he went through like a league. I love that. I'm gonna have to go back and watch like the clips of that because that has got to be the most entertaining shit on the planet. It's super fun. I love that. That's so sick. So yeah, give him a follow on Twitter. Um, go ahead and spell that out again for the people because yes. it is. It's not easy. So it is M-O-U-G-H-O-N-E-V-A-R-T. And he is, again, aspiring Spike on the Twitter and on the Twitch. Go check him out. I'm definitely going to be checking out streams. Now that I know that he does that shenanigans, I'm totally in. He also is like actually on Twitch a lot streaming too. It's not just like he posts videos. He's live most of the time. I love that. Yeah. So if you're into uh, doing Twitch streams, um, he's also has a schedule on his, I'm looking at his Twitch right now. Um, he's Monday through Friday from 8.30 AM to 1.30 PM. I don't know if that's standard time or uh, mountain time or whatever the fuck that is, but it is, that's the time. One of the time zones with, yes. I want to say he's a California based, but I'm not positive on it's a flip of a coin at this point. Yes. But yeah, go check him out. Entertaining, entertaining content. Not as entertaining as us, but like up there. He definitely does better things than we do for sure. I mean, does he have a top five? Does he have daddies? <laughs> no. <Nope>. Fuck off. <laughs> Gotta love it. All right, dude, you got anything else for us today? No, man, I'm, I have nothing more. The only thing I have is a couple shout outs. And the shout-outs are specifically... Some friggin' idiots, probably. Yeah, 100% some idiots. Uh, specifically, those idiots are the Fetch and Shock Twitter, at Fetch underscore Shock, and my Twitter, at Basic Land Bin, and at you, Matt's Twitter, at It's Bop. Makes Soon sense. to be at Chef Matt. Soon. I just need to do it. If you're not Chef Matt by the end of March, I'm going to be upset. That's okay. You're entitled to feel that way. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, Chef. Well, uh, if, if you're going to call me chef, every time you say chef, it has to be an Italian accent. I don't know if I can do a convincing Italian accent without being like overtly racist. <laughs> okay, no Italian accent. <laughs> <laughs> Just for in the off chance, and by off chance, I mean probable, probable with unintentional racism towards Italians, even though Italians are the people. Sorry, chef. <laughs> the, <what? laughs> you're, you're trying to think how to do it. I don't even know what the fuck say after that <laughs> the only thing i can think of is fucking see you later now Peace. <laughs> fucking i give up